Welcome to the Joyfulness Broadcast. This is an exciting broadcasting to you today. I want to start with a reading. So today we're talking about the ego and looking at our lives differently. That's what this is really about. Recontextualizing um, the seeming problems and conflicts uh, in our lives. I say seeming for a reason because there is a different point of perception in which we have no problems and no conflicts. So this is not to diminish the experience of it, but to actually give hope that there is a different way to see it in which there isn't any problems, there aren't any problems, there aren't any conflicts, everything is just in a place of peace. So this episode today is how do we get there? Or more accurately, how do we remove the obstacles to being in that place right now? So we can see that total peace is a potentiality that awaits us right now. If we make the right choice, well, what is that choice? What do we have to let go of? We can see it as a sun. It's the sun that's always shining. It's always on. It's right now the radiance of peace and joy is within us. But it's just blocked by obstacles, blocked by clouds. When the clouds pass, then the radiance of peace and joy reveals itself to have always been there. But it was just being blocked. (laughs) So what are these blocks? What are these blocks? That's what we're talking about today. And this is a really powerful one. No, so just to be clear with you, I'm not totally clear on this myself, but I wanted to share it with you because we're talking today about secret satisfactions being the block to peace. Secret satisfactions of that which is not aligned with peace being the block to peace. You know, there are still uh, points of confusion here for me. Still, I can't, I'm not fully aware of my own secret satisfactions but i wanted to share this with you because just hearing it is really transformational just hearing it so we start with a reading with a short reading this is i'm on veritas publishing which is the page in which they have all the uh books lecture series everything to do with dr david r hawkins is on veritas publishing and this is a blog post from may 11th 2020 Thoughts and quotes from Sir David R. Hawkins, MD, PhD, and Susan Hawkins. And Susan Hawkins is his wife. So this is the quote from the book, I, Reality and Subjectivity, chapter 18, page 417, because you were wondering. I know you were wondering. So there's a question. So this is a question. Is there a simple way to undo the ego? And Hawkins answers, yes, by commitment to inner honesty. It will become apparent that the underpinning of the ego's responses is the pleasure that is derived from all of them. There is an inner satisfaction that is the payoff of self-pity, anger, rage, hate, pride, guilt, fear, etc. This inner pleasure has, as morbid as it may sound, energizes and propagates all these emotions. To undo their influence, it is merely necessary to be willing to forego and surrender these questionable inner secret pleasures to God and look only to God for joy, pleasure, and happiness. Everyone gets a secret pleasure from resentments, from being the martyr or the victim, and from feeling misunderstood, underappreciated, etc. Society and the law even reinforce these benefits with legal and monetary rewards so that one can be compensated for, quote, having their feelings hurt, for being slighted on the job, for enduring stress, for feeling uncomfortable. 
etc. When the payoff is no longer valued, these feelings disappear. They persist only so long as they serve a purpose. When this ego juice is abandoned, it is replaced with inner peace. So that's from I, Reality and Subjectivity, the book by Dr. David R. Hawkins, and I think that's a great way to start. So for those that are new to this, may have never heard this before. So really, when you start to look at it this way, to see that, well, if you're not experiencing, this is just the way I understand it, my own experiential understanding of it is that basically if you're not experiencing joy and peace right now, so if you're not in a total state of peace, then that's because, that's not because you're a victim of it, it's because you are choosing it. You are choosing unconsciously there is this payoff. Every slight, every resentment, every unforgiveness, everything that isn't aligned with peace offers some secret satisfaction and it's that secret satisfaction to which we are attached to and if the secret satisfaction so if we didn't get anything from these positions that are not aligned with peace we wouldn't be holding on to them the fact that we are experiencing them is an indication that we are attached to something we get out of it because honestly if we didn't get anything out of it we wouldn't be experiencing it so then to undo the obstacles to total peace all we have to do is look for what is it that I'm getting out of this? What is it, the secret satisfaction? What is the satisfaction of this? And am I willing to surrender that, to forego it, as Hawking said there, to let that go for the promise of the peace of God, whatever that might be, you know, because conceptually it might just be a concept if you haven't ever had an experience of it. It might just be a concept, so... If it is just a concept, you just kind of got faith to go on. Someone tells you if you let it go, you'll have this peace. And you'll be like, well, I haven't let it go yet, so how would I know? <laughs> That's the challenge. You only know by doing. You only really know experientially knowing is when you're already it, when you experience it. But the only way to experience the peace that comes from letting go is to let go. <laughs> so until then, there's actually only faith. There's only faith that if you let this go, if you let go the satisfaction of feeling victimized, if you let go of the satisfaction of feeling hurt, of um, understood, of being underappreciated. So then you will um, experience the peace, but only after you let it go. Before you let it go, it'll just be a concept, maybe something nice to hope for, but only after you will know with certainty that it is so. Okay, so like I said, you know, this isn't something that I totally understand myself, but I I feel like there are some things that I can share that might be helpful. So I'll share that. So to me, all these uh, secret satisfaction have to do with, to do with me, like um, small me, or we might call the ego. It's to, it, it's, if we imagine it like a drama, it makes me the center of the drama, you know? Oh, poor me. You know, I feel um, everyone, everyone hates me. Oh, I'm underappreciated. Oh, poor me, poor me. I'm underappreciated. I misunderstood. Poor me. Poor me. How could they do that to me? How could they do that to me? How can I not understand it? What? Why, how am I so stupid? Why? Why is everything happening to me? See, so to me, haha, to me, <laughs> in my view, it has to do with the meanness, the meanness or the ego. Chalkins calls the ego juice. He often refers to it as ego juice. I think that's what it's about. It's about 
Really, the ego is like uh, the drama queen, and it milks everything, you know? Something happens. It just doesn't let it go. It milks it. Milks it for every penny, for everything that it can get. If it can get away with it, if it goes unnoticed, if it goes in the shadows, it'll milk it for every single penny. If it isn't substituted with spiritual understanding, with wisdom, then the ego, left to its own devices, will milk everything and make it into a huge melodrama. And it's only through our own commitment to truth, to wisdom, to God, to peace, to humanity, to the highest good, that we are able to uh, say to the ego lovingly, no, <laughs> uh, we're not juicing this one. So, yeah, I wanted to share this one just to hear it, actually. I didn't really want to say much about it. I just wanted you to hear it so that you see, when you see it like this, when you see it this way, then the willingness the willingness to take responsibility for the, for what you are experiencing increases in likelihood because when you think you're the victim when you think this is all whether it's really to do with victimhood when you think you're the victim it's hard to take on responsibility i mean because from that point of perception what's there to be responsible for for as far as you know you're a victim of it so if you really are able to take it on faith that because until you understand this, you don't understand it. So if you're able to take it on faith that if you're not experiencing perfect peace, perfect harmony, perfect joy, it's not because you're a victim. It's because you're actually unconsciously choosing the opposite. You're choosing to hold on to things which are blocking the light of joy within. And if you let go, then the light within will reveal itself. But if you don't understand that, you really can only go on faith. So if you're able to have faith that Okay, I'm not a victim here. I'm holding on to this. I am choosing it. I may not know why I'm choosing it. It might not be understandable to my intellect. I might not be able to see it. But I have faith in these words, in my understanding, that it, it, it is a freedom. I am freely choosing this, although I'm unaware of it. When you have that attitude, that attitude of radical truth, so you can come to this via radical honesty because what does Hawking say at the start you know you can do it by faith but also by a commitment to inner honesty so if you're able to really just radically be honest with yourself where this will lead you where this led me is to the truth of total freedom that we have right now you have total freedom although you might be pressed upon to choose certain things based on the past there is total freedom you can always choose differently even though it might be really difficult, there is that aspect of total freedom to choose anything. And so if we have the ability to choose anything, if we have total free will, then that means whatever we're experiencing experientially is a choice. Because we can experience the same thing from different, in different ways. You know, something that happens in the world, one person might call it bad. One person might call it bad let's say the coronavirus what a horrible thing it's ruined the year this is a very common thing i've seen it in the email chains it's ruined the year what a terrible terrible year okay yeah but not everyone's like that some people would say wow this is a great year great opportunity for uh, to to go virtual to boom in the virtual sphere so you see it's the same event but it's it's perceived differently so it's not the event. The events of life don't hold the power over us. It's we who hold power over them because we are the ones. Although we cannot control everything that happens, we can totally control how we give things meaning, 
what their significance is to us. We're the one who decides it, either consciously or unconsciously. We're the ones. Meaning comes from our own view, from our own lens, from our own choices. Therefore, we are able to re-perceive the same thing, which before seemed like a curse. We are able to re-perceive it and now see it as a gift. So that's the inner honesty I'm talking about. Is that we're able, there is a point of perception in which everything is a gift. In which you genuinely see everything as a gift. There are no curses. You know, to me, one of the greatest gifts. You look for the gift and you say, well, what could possibly be the gift of this? Well, that's the first question you ask. What is the gift of this? When you ask that meaningfully, you now open the doors for an answer. Usually the answer might have something to do with... It's not something that the ego wants. It's more to do with the spiritual will and the development of the spiritual uh, wisdom, you could say. For example, when things aren't going your way, well, what can I? What, what could be the gift of this? Well, the gift of this could be stepping into greater acceptance with what is, into humility, into surrendering, trying to make things different. You see, there's always a gift, but it's a matter of are you willing to see the gift and to receive the gift? So it's really to do with your willingness. Are you willing? Are you willing to take this and learn from it what it has to teach you rather than impart on it your own lessons that you want for yourself? <laughs> um, are you willing to meet life as it's coming up for you rather than make life any different to what it is how it is right now so let's separate this from the future we're not talking about the future i'm talking about right now there are things you're experiencing and you have by your own choices you are controlling unconsciously how you are experiencing them how let's just say there's like a weight problem <laughs> a weight problem or something or you're eating a lot and a lot more than you want to binge eating okay that's the thing so you can either in total surrender to it now becomes an opportunity to surrender to learn the limitations of human willpower to humble yourselves at the same time it might be a lesson on willpower <laughs> it might be a lesson about willpower about willing yourself to not go there or it might be a lesson in surrendering to the limitations of willpower now, is there a logical way to tell the difference between which gift it is? No, no, because the gift is individual. It's based on you. It's highly context dependent and everyone is a different context. <laughs> so maybe you start as a lesson. Okay, this is a lesson in willpower. I can will myself to do this. And then you learn that willpower is highly limited. And now that gift becomes to learn about surrender and serenity and accepting the things you cannot change. And it's like that serenity prayer. Lord, may I accept May I grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So now it becomes what started as a lesson in courage or willpower now turned into a lesson in surrender and acceptance and wisdom as well. <laughs> so you see, everything is a gift. It's just whether you are willing to see it. And to see the gift, you don't have to make yourself see it. You don't have to force yourself to see it. Instead, you just look at what am I getting out of not seeing the gift? What am I getting? What am I getting by seeing this situation as a curse? 
what is it that I'm getting? Because this is an honesty. It's saying that I'm choosing to see it this way. I'm choosing to see it as a curse. I'm not a victim of this. I'm choosing to see it as a curse. I'm choosing it because I'm getting something out of it. I'm getting some sort of secret satisfaction. And as Hawking tells us, when we let go of that secret satisfaction, it's like now we're no longer interested in it. Now we're no longer interested in seeing it as a curse. Automatically, the perception of seeing that thing as a curse disappears when we let go of the secret satisfaction because we are no longer interested in anything it has to offer. And now we naturally see it as a gift without having to make ourselves see it as a gift. So this is to me the natural way, the flowy way, the way of least effort, the path of least effort. It's, it's to do with a total radical in honesty. So this is really a commitment to yourself, a commitment to truth, to truth above all else. And it requires a radical truth. It requires you to cut through all the BS, to really be willing to look at yourself as you are, even if you don't want to. And that requires courage. That requires courage to see yourself as you really are without even knowing what that is. That it takes courage. So there's no way of go going around that. It does require courage. But that's the simple way to undo the ego if we go to this uh, <laughs> to this post is just through sheer courage and inner determination to see the truth of it. Sooner or later, we do see the truth of it. I say sooner or later, through thick or through thin, um, because it's true. Via our own dedication, Hawking also says, he says the most powerful tool that we have as seekers is, is our intention, is our inner commitment. <clears throat> That is what pulls to us everything. That is what that is the most powerful tool. So by an inner commitment to truth, we are able to investigate and say, okay, well, if I have total freedom, if that is true, I mean, it is true, you can just verify it for yourself, then I'm choosing this. And if I'm choosing this and I don't know why I'm choosing it, doesn't mean I'm not choosing it. So that's humility. Just because I'm not aware of what I'm getting out of it doesn't mean I'm not getting something out of it. So that's, for example, where I'm at a lot of the time is like, I'm not aware of what I'm getting out of it, but I know that I'm getting something out of it. And so what happens then? Well, it's helpful to see that when you see what you're getting out of it, then the ego falls apart. The ego progressively, gradually, just spontaneously falls apart. The more you become aware of the true hidden motivations of these actions, what you're really getting out of it, what you're really juicing it for. So then it's good to be aware of the ego. Its job is to survive. It's just a survival mechanism. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just a little puppy and it's just doing what it's doing. It's a little monkey and it's just doing what it's been evolved to do. The ego is being an ego and its job is to survive. Its job is to protect ideologies, protect beliefs hold on to things its job is not to let go <laughs> it's not built to let go of things it's built to get them and hold on to them so there's straight away an inner conflict that arises as soon as you want to let something go because you're going against this um, ego which has evolved to hold on to things to get them so there's an inner conflict that arises so that helps next it helps to see why is it so difficult you know it's something that's come up for me why is it so difficult to see for me what is the secret satisfaction my answer to this, um, or my hint, my suspicion, is that it's to do with, because confusion, not being able to see it is probably one of the greatest um, tools that the ego has, is to keep it shrouded, to keep it veiled. So that's what it's going to do. 
you know, when we keep it veiled, it might be easy to give up. Be like, out of frustration, I just can't see it. But, but, I mean, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Because I know that with consistent dedication, with consistent, for me, prayer, to constantly pray to see what this is. So I'm always relying upon divinity to reveal to me what the truth of is. Not on myself, not on my own ego, not on my willpower, not on my effort. I always rely on divinity and pray, Lord, may the truth of this be revealed. May I see what I'm getting out of this. <laughs> what is the secret satisfaction? What is the hidden satisfaction? And just constantly asking, constantly asking. I start to see things differently. And it's like you chip away at it until eventually, sooner or later, bam, the whole thing stands forth revealed as it really is. And now, now it's going to dissipate very, very fast, if not totally spontaneously, just like that, because you see if what it is. And it's like um, an optical illusion, right? You know, when you have an optical illusion like the duck or the, is it a duck or is it a rabbit? And everyone's like, wow, wow, whoa, whoa. Or like those chairs, it looks like a really big chair or like a really big wine glass. But then... But then when you see how the illusion really works, you see like it just manipulates perception. Now it's harder to fall for that. Now you're not really entranced by it. It's no longer interesting. It's like, yeah, I know how this works. Like, yeah, cool. It's a big wine glass, but not actually. It's just because of the way I see it. Because if I look this way now, it's not a big wine glass. To me, it's the same thing goes with like the ego uh, and that's why it uses the mechanism of veiling and enshrouding things in confusion. To me, is because of this fact that when you really see something as it is, when you see truth, then naturally you're like, okay, I know what this is about. This doesn't interest me anymore. <laughs> like in the same sense that an optical illusion, when you see it, what it's really about, it doesn't interest you anymore. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I know what this is about, whatever. I'm going to go on with my day. Same thing. So what before was totally entrancing, totally alluring to the mind, to the intellect, now becomes a meh, whatever. I know what this is about. So for me, that's a, that's an understanding that uh, helps, is to see that that's why it's hard to me. Um, not why, but that's a, potentially a mechanism that the ego uses is to keep it shrouded, to keep it veiled. And the way to counter that for me is just through consistency, persistence persistence via happy persistence i'm just like okay i don't get it today cool go on okay i can't see the secret satisfaction here okay and just continue to pray continue to surrender and it's revealed to me it's revealed progressively in parts until the whole picture is revealed so yeah just because it's hard to see just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there and the way to go past that is to is through your own commitment it's your own commitment it's not it's your commitment that, that reveals. It's like through your own commitment, you earn the revelation. You earn it through that commitment. Um, not through anything you do, but it's more the commitment because the commitment is more foundational than anything else. It's your commitment to truth that earns you the right to see the truth. <laughs> so maybe we could see it as a test, you know. It's like, okay, so I heard that it's a secret satisfaction that I'm holding on to this, but I can't see it. And now maybe you can see it's like a test. You know, it's a test. Do you really want to see? Do you really want to see it? Or are you just saying it? It's like you hear something and you're like, oh, okay, I wonder what that's about, you know, and starts a curiosity. But then you get tested and confusion comes and misunderstanding 
and just be like, well, you know, are you really willing to see it? Are you really willing to see yourself what what you what what you really are, what the hidden motivations are? Are you really willing to see it? So we could maybe see the lack of understanding, the lack of the ability to recognize the secret satisfaction that we're getting out of it, of, of our varied positionalities, be it resentment, all this um, all this jar, garbage, <laughs> um, all this stuff that's not joy, we can see it as a test. It's always, it's a constant test, a constant test to our commitment. And the only way to answer the test is with our own commitment. We are the ones who chooses how we respond to it. We get tested, but we can one-up it. <laughs> we can one-up it because from a certain extent, we really have to match the ferocity of the ego with our own ferocity for truth, with our own yearning for truth. So that if you notice, the ego really likes to hold on to things. You know, It's a 4 billion year old in the, in the past podcast episodes. Um, I've talked about how it's an evolutionary inheritance. So it's a billion-year-old evolutionary inheritance that has, over billions of years, learned how to clasp and grasp and hold on to things. So it holds on to things really tightly. Over four billion years, it's learned this. It knows how to do it really well. And now your letting your your willingness to let things go has to like to to a certain degree has to actually match that ferocity. It's like I'm willing to go through whatever is necessary to let this go. I'm willing to see whatever is necessary to face whatever is necessary to go through anything to let this go and to come to the realization of the truth within me, to the truth of what I really am, which I'm told is peace, which I'm told is joy, and that's great. But I'm willing to go through whatever is necessary to see that. And you see that you can't fake that commitment. That's something that comes naturally. And if it's not there, then it doesn't matter. You can just meet yourself where you're at right now. So right now you might have a certain level of commitment, willingness to see the truth. And you just kind of nurture that like you would a plant. That's the way I see it is. You know, it starts as a curiosity, like a little seedling. Okay, it starts a little seedling. A seedling of curiosity. You read something, you hear something. And you're like, oh, I wonder what that's about. I wonder what that's about, you know. It's not a total dedication to truth yet. <laughs> Like, that's not how it started for me either. Um, it, it's like, it starts as a curiosity. And then you you follow that curiosity and you, you see where it leads. And it leads to these things, an expanding of context, of, an expanding of understanding. Maybe you start to learn, unlearn things. Be like, wow, if this, if this is how it is, then it must not be how I think it is. Wow, that's a cool realization. So see, it like, the commitment the curiosity begins to sprout into a commitment. It's like, okay, well, if it's not this way, I want to know what the truth is. I really want to know what the truth is. Now it's a commitment. And then that commitment now sprouts into a wonderful tree, a wonderful tree. And the tree is in the form of like, wow, whatever it takes to get to the truth is whatever it takes. And I'm willing to go through whatever it takes to get to the truth. (laughs) Wow, that's a big tree. And then the tree starts to bloom all these wonderful fruits and that's the fruits of devotion so it starts as a seedling of curiosity blooms into a commitment and eventually gives you the fruit of devotion because when you're devoted to the truth above all else now it's the joy of it pulls you instead of the 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 it's like you start off because i don't want to suffer anymore but now now the devotion has bloomed the devotion to truth is so beautiful and so joyous 
that now your commitment to truth is fueled by a devotion, by a beauty, by a joy. It's the joy of discovering the truth that pulls you. The joy of discovering it. Not the suffering that pushes you, but the joy that pulls you. And all this occurs really naturally, so there's no need to worry about it. You just meet yourself wherever you are and just go for whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you, you really want and just follow it. There's no need to force yourself to be different to how you are. You know, you don't force a tree to grow. You don't yell at the tree and say, tree, grow faster. Why aren't you growing this stupid seedling? Like how stupid it is. You see how absurd it is to call seedling is stupid, but it's harder to see how absurd it is to call yourself stupid or other people stupid or tell or, or judge ourselves or others for being the way that we are. We are the way we are in the same way that a seed is the way a seed is and a big oak tree is the way a big oak tree is and the sky is the way it is and the ego is the way it is. There's no requirement for judgment. Everything merely is what it is. So that is just to some insight to like uh, inspirational insight and also motivational and also insightful insight to help uh, hopefully, my hopes is, to be more gentle with yourself it's okay to be the way you are right now and you can just choose to go in whatever direction you want to and it's really that simple and you don't have to hate yourself to choose differently. You can choose differently out of respect and kindness to yourself instead of <laughs> hating and judging yourself. In fact, it's far more powerful to choose out of kindness to yourself and compassion to all of humanity than it is to choose out of judgment and guilt. Those are not energizing at all. Yeah, so... This has been this little short recording. If you like this kind of stuff, I'll make a new episode every every two days or so. Thought 30-minute short recordings like this to help transcend all the obstacles to living in joy and peace and harmony with all that is. If you like it, you can follow it on Spotify, Anchor, any podcasting thingy majiggy you could also leave it a review on apple podcasts follow on facebook as well for the latest episodes uh, uh facebook group joyfulness broadcast also on instagram you can type in either nick shibanov it still might be nick shibanov because there's a 10 day limit or if nick shibanov comes out empty just type in joyfulness broadcast either underscore or no underscore uh, joyfulness underscore broadcast to follow the Instagram page. Yeah, you'll see the little yellow uh, profile pic, little yellow smiley face joyfulness broadcast. To follow Instagram where I post stuff like uh, quotes and really helpful things for transcending all the obstacles to joy. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoy your day and I'll see you on the next one.